So the Buddha advised us to develop wholesome mental states that did not exist before, uh, to cause them to uh, come into being. And then when a, a wholesome mental state uh, is uh, existing in our mind, or existing here, being experienced by us, uh, the Buddha advised that it should be um, uh, developed, uh, made to grow, uh, brought to a perfection, made uh, continuous, and come to the fullness of its uh, fruition. Uh, uh, so uh, when a person is trapped uh, sometimes in uh, difficult or afflictive emotional states, they spend a lot of effort trying to abandon uh, the afflictive states, but have not uh, perfected or developed the ability to arouse uh, the opposite, uh, the beneficial states, states. And so it's difficult to go from something to nothing. Um, but if you uh, practice uh, uh, different uh, forms of meditation that are able to um, uh, enable you to go into wholesome mind states, and metta is not the only one, but it's one of the best, uh, then uh, you do that repeatedly and uh, consistently, and you, you have a clear a thought to do until uh, you can um, uh, do it reliably. Uh, then that gives you a, 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 a very important option in uh, no longer being a victim of your um, emotions, not being a victim of your own mind, and not being a victim of any um, external things that might happen to you, but instead uh, knowing that you have within yourself um, that place uh, uh, which is... Uh, 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 peaceful, uh, calm, and um, and beneficial, and the place from which uh, you will be able to uh, develop the uh, liberating insights that we're uh, seeking after. So um, I'm going to take you through a round of metta meditation. Uh, the approach that I take is uh, vipassana oriented. Uh, so it's a uh, uh, the one I learned from Bhante Sujato, and Bhante Sujato learned it from Mahachachai. We will start by uh, taking a few minutes just in uh, uh, settling the mind once again and trying to go to an open field of awareness uh, where we just see what's coming up in the body, what's coming up with thoughts, and the observing mind uh, stays in the middle and uh, in that um, calm awareness.
And throughout this meditation, we return uh, regularly to make a note of the feelings in the body. Arousing the intention for our own welfare. with a clear image of what that would mean, what our highest kind of happiness would be. And with a sincere wish, bring in the phrase of metta, May I abide in well-being. Silently repeating to yourself that phrase of metta every few seconds. May I abide in well-being. Letting the phrase remind us of our sincere wish for happiness, our intention to do what is for our welfare. May I abide in well-being. abide in well-being. May I abide in well-being.
May I abide in well-being. Aware of whatever feeling we can notice. If there's any feeling evoked by this thought of loving friendliness, it can be subtle or strong. If we experience the feeling of metta for ourselves. Mark that clearly as we continue with the phrase. Keeping the open awareness of the whole body and mind, aware of the feeling of metta, may I abide in well-being. And if some feeling is there, by paying attention to that, it can become brighter and more clear. Simply inclining the heart towards the feeling of metta.
letting the metta phrase revive your intention, your intention of loving friendliness. Repeating the phrase, lifting up the heart, May I abide in well-being. allowing the feeling of metta to spread through the whole body and to fill the consciousness. So that every moment is filled with metta. And every cell of the body is filled with that feeling of metta using the phrase to stay on track, may I abide in well-being. May I abide in well-being. <clears throat> 
and calling to mind some dear person and calling that one by their name, bringing them into this uh, realm of friendliness with that same wish, calling their name, may this dear one abide in well-being. May they abide in well-being. Aware of the feeling connected with this thought of metta for a dear person. Letting that feeling pervade the consciousness so that every moment is saturated with metta for this dear one. Letting that feeling of metta fill the whole body. May they abide in well-being. I'm bringing to mind a neutral person. And calling up the energy to care. 
wishing this neutral person's happiness, the same as oneself, the same as the dear one. May they abide in well-being. Developing the thought of metta for that neutral person. If the feeling of metta is clear, keep spreading it, making it pervade the body, making it a little more bright by watching it with attention, and continuing to repeat the phrase, may that neutral one abide in well-being. and bringing the mind towards a difficult person, calling that person by name, including them in this metta practice, wishing their happiness and welfare. May they abide in well-being. May they abide in well-being. With full attention on the feeling of metta and the intention of metta. So don't think about that person. Just think of metta and call their name and wish for their well-being. May they abide in well-being.
And when the thought of metta is continuous and stable, and if the feeling of metta is clear and pervading the body, one can let go of the individuals and think of all beings everywhere and let that intention of metta flow out to all beings in every direction. As if that feeling of metta was to break out beyond the boundary of the individual body. That feeling of metta pervading this whole room. May all the beings here be abide in well-being. All the beings in this complex, this meditation center, may they all abide in well-being. filling this whole space with the intention for well-being and letting it go beyond without any limits to everyone around throughout the whole world. May they all abide in well-being.
And as we come to the end of this brief meditation, uh, gently coming down to uh, ordinary kind of awareness. And when we're ready, open the eyes. I hope that those who uh, know how to practice meditation might have gained a few ideas now about how the ideas of the uh, five kindness um, can be uh, seen uh, clearly in order to uh, cultivate these uh, positive or beautiful aspects fully uh, with the emotions as well as the intellect uh, in order to make our practice more deep and sincere. Uh, This works with metta, uh, other kinds of meditation like um, uh, meditation on uh, non-self, the elements meditation is one of my favorites that's involved with looking at this body like the earth element here and the earth element here. Um, It's just earth element, not me, not mine. And that goes through uh, equanimity. Um, Any kind of meditation can be done uh, to uh, increase the the quota of uh, the sincerity and the power of the practice by trying to include the body and the mind together in the practice by way of five kindas. Um, This is uh, it's the equipment we have. Uh, Somebody asked what the world will be like uh, when we obtain Nibbana. Well, it's it's the same. It didn't change. It's the same world. Uh, The the Buddha talks about um, uh, uh, craving and the end of craving. He says, where do we crave? He says, well, what? uh, there's eye, physical object, and eye contact, and when we cling to that, that's where suffering arises. And so on, through all the senses and through all different aspects of mental mentality. And then at the, the next uh, step, when he's explaining about the, the end of suffering, so where does suffering end? When an object strikes the eye and is cognized uh, through, the, through the visual faculty and the mind doesn't um, uh, uh, crave, grasp after that, that's where suffering ends. So there's nothing has changed at all, just our attitude changed. Uh, the same way, when I was uh, young, I used to have a lot of uh, emotions and they were so painful and difficult. I still have a lot of emotions, but they don't disturb me anymore. Um, we, we use, you know, emotions are, are what we use, especially we use to connect with people, to connect in the social world to be uh, beneficial uh, to one another. Uh, we have to be able to connect at the emotional level. So we, we uh, use these things. We use them for our welfare, for our benefit, for our happiness, the happiness of ourself, the happiness of the other, and the happiness of both. We learn to become intuitive and to uh, tune in to the emotions of others. And we learn how to, 
to use our, uh, our feeling states uh, in order to establish a, a trust and relationship with people, which is, is necessary for us to, to uh, um, <coughs> if we want to uh, represent the Dhamma and, um, and convey happiness to people. Now, there's uh, uh, just a few minutes left, about ten minutes left. And um, I know there's some questions here, but uh, does anybody, uh, are there one or two or three questions, anybody, um, part of what I've said that uh, needs to be clarified in your mind? Thank you so much for everything that you've taught us today. My question is, um, is it your experience that as you've cultivated this relationship with your emotions that you're experiencing your emotions with less intensity or that you just have a different relationship to them? And that's for both positive and negative. Um, it's, uh, I would say both. Uh, that the uh, heart inclines more towards equanimity and not towards... Uh, uh, the extremes of pleasant unpleasant and so in that way uh, there is less intensity and also my relationship is different uh, one would say you know the uh, you know about the two arrows um, if uh, uh, the first arrow is when something painful happens and then the second arrow is where you start fretting about it um, so, uh, uh, by having a different appraisal and not identifying so much with the emotions, we've eliminated the second arrow. So there we cut all the suffering is cut in half. Um, I had mentioned this a long time ago. I mentioned this to my, uh, my root teacher, Bhantaji. He said, oh, great, Bhantaji, I've cut my emotions in half. He said, well, why don't you... Uh, I'm going to say, I've cut my suffering in half. And... Um, <laughs> And I said, that's great, but that's not what we're aiming for. <laughs> Another question? My understanding is that intentional action or volitional is, is the cause of karma. Um, Karma is the volitional action, and then in Pali, Pala is the fruit of karma. So, um, the karma that we do is the cause of the fruit of karma that we experience. Um, uh, intention is the definition of volitional formations. Uh, uh, the Pali word uh, Sankara has several meanings, and... Uh, uh, intention is one of the meanings of sankara. Usually, intention is a chaitana, means a, just is the simple intention. And the Buddha said, chaitana is karma. So, chaitana is karma, and um, chaitana is um, one of the meanings of what's called a formations.
Can you tell us a story from your childhood, the first one that comes to mind? Uh, once I climbed a tree and I went all the way up to the tippy top of the tree, it was really high and high enough so that the tree was going back and forth like this. And I was just up there looking at my neighborhood and I felt completely safe. At that time, I wasn't scared at all. I answered that one already. Um, how to stay engaged to love deeply without attachment and clinging. Um, yes, so, so uh, especially between parents and children, there is something called attachment um, that, that happens. And uh, you wouldn't be able to have a normal uh, uh, child if you didn't have attachment and allow the child to be attached to you. Um, and then you have to let go after that. You know, when they grow up, you've got to let go of them. And, and also they, they might be uh, taken away by death, even, uh, even before they, they grew up. So um, you need to allow that attachment, but at the same time talk to yourself and say, um, I'm not the owner of this child. And try to uh, learn how to love with an open hand, uh, without any sense that your lover or your child owes you something, that you've got a deal, that you have a right, you know, to get something in return. Instead, uh, uh, whatever uh, is lovely and enjoyable with your with your dear ones, then enjoy that. Uh, but don't take it as your property or what you want. Oh, this is very important. Help reconciling, uh, investigating fully to understand dukkha uh, with not getting trapped in the story of the self. Okay, so uh, the story-making, which is that uh, proliferation, is a kind of, uh, it's not really the same as investigation. Uh, the story-making is usually not looking inwards to the self, but instead uh, looking outwards uh, to uh, uh, the people who are either the cause of joy or the cause of grief, uh, so that you will be saying, you know, he's so handsome, he's so wonderful, he's going to be a good provider, you know, or whatever, or whatever, I'm using a stereotype, I don't want to do that, but uh, <laughs> or, um, he's so beautiful, he's so sweet, he's so kind, he's so lovely, um, let me, you know, this is just if I can just get connected to that person that will solve my problems or something like that. So, so that's, that's, a, that's a story making and that's the opposite of what we want to do. Or else in the case of a grievance, just um, you know, repeatedly ruminating about, that, about the grievance. Um, the investigation is first to turn the camera back and to look within and to use uh, specific techniques of investigation, such as the techniques that I've been explaining during this retreat, uh, which will help you to avoid just getting trapped in the storyline, but help you to uh, look at things in different ways with a different kind of inquiry. It's a special kind of inquiry. You know, what is this feeling telling me to do, and do I have to follow my feeling or not? Uh, uh, is my perception really true or not completely true? Is my uh, volition, uh, my intention, are they, is that really where I want to go or not? Is my uh, uh, consciousness uh, 
trapped, or is it? Does it have a certain uh, sense of freedom and spaciousness? That's kind of like a specialized way of investigating the Dhamma. Uh, speaking of the difficulty people have just slowing down enough to allow their emotions. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, uh, it's not, it's because of being like basically not um, comfortable with emotions, especially the unpleasant ones. Then we uh, distract ourselves with all kind of distractions, even to avoid uh, confronting um, our um, uh, painful or difficult emotional states. And that's uh, so the opposite of what we want to do. So indeed, it's very important to uh, avoid that temptation for distraction and uh, that uh, busyness um, in part is, I think, because uh, uh, people are running, uh, running away from self-knowledge. Um, also, it's something that is the nature of the world today. Uh, we even have the problem of busyness in the monastery, and uh, uh, we put a time boundary around uh, our activities so that we spend a certain amount of time, um, you know, in meditation, a certain amount of time, and ceremonies a certain amount of time and eating a certain amount of time in uh, self-care and so forth. Uh, and then when it's, uh, uh, in my case, uh, six o'clock uh, in the evening, um, I punch out and uh, with a sort of a decision, all of the, th- the work, the practical work I was trying to do all day long and what I was doing with my uh, relationships with my colleagues all day long, those things are... Uh, I've done what I can do for that day. I've finished as much as I can for that day. And then I'm going to set it down and try uh, not to keep on uh, churning over with with those things that's finished. I've done all I can for that day. Um, at our monastery, we started something new. We turn off the electricity so there's no internet. And it it's amazing how it... it uh, I mean, just being, you know, I'm somebody's up in a cabin here and there's an internet someplace else, why would that bother the mind? But it really makes the mind so much more uh, peaceful to have the internet is uh, actually physically turned off as, a, as like a gesture to say, we're putting this down and we're going into this open space, which is the space to be available for, uh, for this, uh, this practice. So, uh, yeah, very important. Give yourself a... Give yourself that space. Any more questions? Five o'clock. Okay. Uh, What a perfect day. We came to the end of the day at five o'clock and it's finished. Isn't that perfect? Okay. Thank you very much, everybody, for coming. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.